Good afternoon. Can you hear me well? Okay, I'm going to need your undivided attention today. We're going to go into the Word for a bit. I want to spend some time this afternoon speaking the Word to you. And then, what I believe that God is going to begin to do with us is that He's going to bless us. He's going to bless us. God is committed to blessing. Last night and this morning, it was heavy on my heart. And I think I've been speaking to some people that God really wants to bless us. And you see, when God started to say that he wanted to bless us, one of the things that God put in my heart is that the speaking, the reading, the talking of the word is very, very much important. It is vital. It is key to that blessing. Are you with me? So what I want you to actually do this afternoon is to actually pause everything. Pause it, get your Bibles out, get your notepads out as we begin to speak about the fear of the Lord. For without which a man will never be able to hold finances, will never be able to walk in God's blessings if they do not understand the fear of the Lord. But before we even start that, um, for a period of time, Psalm 1 has been for me my anchor scripture and i would like to start there today before i read a few scriptures and before we get into the word so that you would know why i believe so strongly that god wants to bring us to a place where our blessings will be told or spoken of by in quotes foreigners the world will begin to see the cod family i hope you're here with me i hope your faith is with me the 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 world the, the Gentiles, as the Bible will put them, um, people that are not even in the house of God and those even in the house of God will begin to look at you. And when they see you, they will say, this is the Lord's blessed. I am speaking these words. I am not preaching something that is outside of reality. I'm not speaking something that is extraterrestrial. I'm not speaking about something that is a figure of our imagination. I'm telling you what the Lord is saying. He's determined to bless. So let's start with Psalm chapter 1. And let's read from verse 1 so that you would know that when I say that God is committed to blessing us, you will know that it's not my opinion. It is not because I want to be blessed. No, there's one higher, greater more significant than you and I that is determined that we are blessed. Psalm 1 verse 1, read for me. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Did you hear what God says? So David began to testify of the one considered blessed. And you know what he said first of all, which is going to be my focus, my anchor, but it's going to be the introduction to where I take you today. I spoke to the fortress the other day and I said, um, I said to them that I will speak to you concerning a king. This king was considered a great king, a powerful king, a king who considered God in his ways. But the scripture first says to us that blessed is the one who does not what? Walk in step with the wicked. They do not walk in step with the wicked. They are not in sync with the wicked. Before we go further, do we understand what wicked is? A wicked person isn't the person that does not do wrong, even though it includes that. The wicked person is the one that does not consider God. 
is the one that does not consider God in their ways. I want you to understand the trap of life as you begin to age, as you begin to grow more powerful, as you begin to grow and have a mind of your own. One of the most wicked traits that can quickly develop and form in a person's mind or life is the fact that they can make decisions for themselves. They get to a place whereby they can speak. They, they, a person looks at themselves. They look at their age. They look at what they've been able to achieve. They begin to look at their ability to speak or do whatever they find themselves doing. And they get to a place whereby they start to consider their own. You know, one of the biggest flaws of a man is their decision making. I hope you stay with me this afternoon. One of the flaws of a man, a woman, is their decision makings. The decisions they choose to have or make. Why is that? So the biggest flaw, what I was saying, what I was saying to you is that the biggest flaw for you and I to have is for us to grow and to feel that we know how to do things. I hope you will be here with me. I hope you're paying attention to me though. The biggest flaw for a man, and I have to repeat this because when I start to take you into the story of the king, I want you to know clearly that I'm not talking about him, I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about a man back in history. I'm using scripture to show you who you are. The reason why the world cannot look at the church at times and call them the blessed is because of what we're going to find in scripture this afternoon. And I want to say this to you because God is committed to blessing us. But these are the measures that he puts on my heart so heavy to share with you, to share with the pastors, to share with those of you, those of us that have just been ordained. He wants to let something, he wants to let us know something that is so crucial to the life of a man that considers themselves as God's servant. So what's the biggest flaw we can have? We begin to grow. We begin to become more knowledgeable about what we consider or what we call life. We start to know that by this age I should be married. By this age I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And let me tell you something about the realm of the five senses. Everything is going to cage you and keep you there. And it's going to allow you to feel like that's reality. That's acceptable. But it's a realm that beats the five senses. This is the realm of God. The seven senses of God. The seven spirit of God. But again, I don't want to go ahead of myself. I want you to follow me step by step this afternoon. So again, what is, and I have to repeat this. What is the biggest downfall for a man? The moment they begin to feel that they know how to do things for themselves. So the Bible starts off with saying, and maybe we should read the whole chapter so that we can know where we're going today. But the Bible starts off with saying in Psalm 1 that blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the man that does not consider God. Go on. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or stand. I want you to take, you know, actually, I want you to underline this first verse. Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners. Because what we now need to do today is look into this. I'm speaking to you about the fear of the Lord. But I want us to begin to look ever so closely into this scripture and we'll begin to find what does it even mean to stand in the way of the sinners. 
But let's look, let's read the whole chapter because it's a short chapter, but it's a powerful one. But I'll go back to this verse. So start, start again for me and quickly read for it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked yeah. or stand in the way that sinners take yeah. or sit in the company of mockers, mm. but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, yeah. And who meditates on his law day and night. Yeah. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. I want to emphasize something I said to the fortress the other day. The Bible says that this man will be like a tree planted. Meaning that you will not plant yourself, but there will be one committed to your planting. And where would this one plant? Again, a tree cannot plant itself. A farmer plants the tree, right? He plants the seed, which becomes a tree. But it says that this man will be like a man planted, like a tree planted by streams. If you hear me speak in a certain manner, I want you to understand that right around the corner, are great streams. God wants to give wealth. He wants to give honor. He wants to give power. All of a sudden, you're seeing that finances are coming through. All of a sudden, you're seeing the type and the quality of minds that are being gathered to you. All of a sudden, you're starting to see that your, 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 your presence is becoming more known. People are growing to know you. People are growing to know what you stand for. People are growing to know what you do. But this is where we have to put ourselves together because in, in a way I'll be speaking in continuation of the body prepared because I made a statement in that word that God is about to test us. The next testing will be with great wealth, will be with prosperity, will be with increase. So I want you to pay close attention because these words which I'm about to speak to you is what's going to keep us in line. These words are what are going to be what we're, you know, making wealth or a name for yourself it's not actually the hardest it's being able to maintain that this is where everyone usually crumbles when you're trying to become something there's something already in you that will look to God for help it's not hard for you to ask God for help when you need it but when you become powerful and maybe this is me going ahead of myself but when you become powerful you will start to see the tendencies of flesh that will make you not look for God anymore. Because when your pockets become full, you begin to look to your pockets rather than your God. But the Bible says, but you see, the man that delights in the word, the man that daily meditates on the word, day and night, the Bible says that this man will be like a tree who has been planted. This man will not be planted in where he's only managing. He will be planted by streams. He will be planted where abundance is. Carry on reading for me, Abby. Go on. That person is like a tree yeah. planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. It will surely yield its fruit in season, yeah? And whose leaf does not wither. And his leaves will not wither, but go on. Whatever they do prospers. Can we just establish this truth? The man that is able to maintain his delight for the law of the Lord. Regardless of what's going on, whether good or bad. What cannot be tainted or what cannot be touched is their love, their delight for the word. You see that man? That man that will meditate on the word day and night. Who will not give excuses because they become more occupied with the things that they produce with their hands. No, they will maintain a meditation. Guess what? 
the Bible says whatever they do will prosper. Meaning, like Isaac, if there's a famine, the last thing that someone will be looking to do is sowing. Sowing looks like the most furthest thing you should do in a time of famine because famine is actually a declaration that the land cannot produce. Famine is actually a statement that the earth is refusing to yield its increase. But the man who delights in the word, the man who lives by the word, this is still me just giving introduction. The man who delights in the word, guess what? As for that person, they can do what the five senses says you should not do. What the five senses will consider a waste of time. But he in himself has entered the realm. I hope I'm speaking to Isaacs this afternoon. This kind of children born by the will of God. Men that are the, their lives, their, their, the, the things they do is at the will of God. They are led by the Spirit. Guess what? They will do the things that seem to the five senses that is the most furthest thing you should do. But guess what? The world and them will see the results of what they do. And men would then begin to say of Isaac, I hope you will hear me this afternoon. Men will begin to say of Isaac that there's a God with this Isaac. You see what I've just said to you? It's going to be a basis for everything I'm going to say to you today. But I need you to hear what I've just said. Men will see how you begin to produce when you shouldn't. And they will begin to say, because I remember a word I said to you earlier this year. And I said that, look, what God needs people, I think I was speaking of Daniel. God needs you to be a reference point to him. My wealth should not become a reference point to me. It should be a reference point to who? God. When does your wealth and your increase, because this is the season we're entering, and I'm so excited, but when does your wealth, your honor, your greatness become, to, become a reference to you? When you do things that people can actually say that I can do too. No, let me explain this. So if I'm a kidder working in property, and I am prospering like everybody else is prospering, what will actually happen is that I will become a reference point to myself because then people will say that it was you that was able to prosper. But in the case where you start prospering in a way that others cannot prosper, they will say that there's something that's beyond human here. That's the reason why they can look at Elon Musk and there can be attributes to him being an alien. They have to say that there's something more than him I hope you're listening to what I'm saying to you. They'll say that there's something more than him that's making him have the wealth he has. You can't find another Elon Musk in the world because he's not a reference point to himself. He's a reference point to something that's extra to him. So what God wants to do with you and I in the trading family is he wants to develop you to a place where other people, people watching you cannot say, I see this in another person. They will have to say that something is going on and I get it. Sometimes the world can then say, oh, he's doing black magic. He's operating with powers. It's still a reference point to something beyond you. God wants to make you and I. He wants to make the COD family, this nation family, a reference point to him. 
So I understand very well that the wealth is not for me, it's for God. God is trying to refer. So when people begin to see the wealth of Solomon, as we saw in scripture, it was a reference point to the wisdom he was downloading from God. There was no one else in that time that had the wealth of Solomon. God wants to make us a reference point to himself. So God actually says, when we're reading that scripture, it says, so whatever Anna would do, should she keep her delight? It doesn't matter if the world is saying that this is not working. It doesn't matter if they say that the crypto world, there's a fall, there's a crash there. It doesn't matter if you are a man that prospers. I mean, if you are a man that delights in the word, guess what? The same thing that caused everyone else to crumble, to die, will be the same thing that will lift up a Noah. I want you to understand once again that what I'm speaking to you is beyond the word in terms of imagination and religion. You would see patterns trends in scripture and if you pay close attention you will see that you're on the verge of your own rising should we maintain so do you know what you need you need a leader that's constantly going to throw the word at you you need people that's constantly going to keep you in conversations of the word because unless it's that guess what you begin to build and you begin to lose your consideration of God all of a sudden people say you're good at this and all of a sudden you become a reference point to yourself and God will be looking at this man this woman I cannot give them the blessing but imagine I still haven't even started. But carry on reading. Whatever they do will prosper. So what do I actually want to say to you? Please do not be like the people who are subject to the five senses. Because they will tell you this don't work. That don't work. No, scripture tells me and I need the COD family to hear this carefully. That if you get this walk right, whatever you do will prosper. You can go and do anything and you will prosper because the prosperity is not subject to what you do it's subject to who you are carry on reading for me not so the wicked yeah they are like chaff that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment the wicked will not stand in the judgment yeah nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous yeah for the lord watches over the way of the righteous for the lord watches over the way of the righteous yeah but the way of the wicked leads to destruction but the way of the wicked the way of those who do not consider god leads to what destruction so what I want us to do today is as you hear the word, I want us to meditate because you would see how often flesh tries to sabotage the blessing over your life. And what is flesh? Flesh just wants to take control. Flesh wants you to begin to live according to feelings, according to this realm, rather than the direction of God. Let's read a few scriptures before I take you to the main text today. Psalm 100 and 11 I want you to read verse 10 for me the fear of the Lord once you're there tell me the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom did you hear that the fear of the Lord and you would see for those that know scripture you would know that there's many times that scripture would tell us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom the beginning of knowledge and all of these things but I need you to pay attention to what the Bible is saying to us here the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom go on all who follow his precepts have good understanding that scripture just explains the first let me read it for you it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom 
What did Pastor Toby say the fear of the Lord is? We'll read there in a moment. Get some, um, Proverbs 22 verse 4. In fact, just read when you get to some, um, Proverbs 22 verse 4. Sorry. As she's getting there, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow. This is why I've told people that the call of God is not first to do. It's to first follow. That's the call of God. So the call of God actually, so the Bible says, all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Read Proverbs 22 if you're there. Humility is the fear of the Lord. So scripture showed us that humility is the fear of the Lord. What does this mean? Humility, the Bible also says that humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord. So what is God trying to show us here? Humility, the fear of the Lord, is actually understanding and coming to agreement with yourself that your life is completely subjected to a power. Did you hear me? Meaning, I as a person, according to my five senses, may not feel like coming to do a word in the middle of the day on a Saturday. But what will keep me in the fear of the Lord? Humility. Humility being that I subject myself to a power. Meaning that, Pastor Obi, you cannot do as you, ought, as you would want to do. But you can only do as you are led. Leading does not always mean you will be happy with it. It just means what will keep you in the blessing of God is that you will yield to it. So if we took quickly for consideration point, for a point of consideration this afternoon, if we took the life of Peter, look at when Peter was about to lead the apostles after Jesus Christ had resurrected from the dead. Guess what? Christ actually said to him, go and strengthen your brothers. But when you were young, you went where you wanted. But you see now, Others will take you where you don't want to go. So I understand that sometimes the leading of the Lord may not be something that may be pleasing to your five senses. But for you to remain in the realm where wisdom begins, it's going to be the understanding that you are subjected to a life. So when we go back to Psalm 111 verse 10, when the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it goes on to say that all who follow his precepts have good understanding. I need you to understand this point carefully. That what God is saying is that the fear of the Lord is in those who are stupid enough to follow. Those who has had revelation of God's wisdom that seems foolish. The wisdom that seems foolish is following. Someone will say, I've heard parents say to some of you, oh, you're just following that Pastor Obi guy, you're just following that Pastor Toby guy. Yes, according to the five senses, it's foolish. But guess what? That's the fear of the Lord. Knowing that I, as Pastor Obi, I don't live according to how I just feel. I live subjected to a power, subjected to a precept. And guess what? The Bible says now, those who do this will be People who have good understanding. Please look at your life weighed up against the people that has been calling your walk foolish. I think you know that you have good understanding. So I want you to understand these things. Let's lead, um, read Isaiah 33 verse 6 and then we'll move on to the main text today. 
again I said I want to speak to you about the fear of the Lord and today I'm going to be using the story of King Jehoshaphat as our text to understand what God is trying to do with us but go on read for me he will be the sure foundation for your times. Yeah. A rich store of, of salvation yeah. and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So I felt it that it's important that I emphasize these points because what is going to enable us to, you know, I, I say to God all the time, I don't know what I'm doing. But I thank God that he doesn't need me to know the plan he needs me to follow. So day on today, he utters something that I should follow. That's what we need. Listen, guys, how are we going to enter into a pool of great power and wealth? And in case someone feels that oh, we're doing all of this just for wealth, listen, it is God's good pleasure that we prosper. Because David got to a place that seek the seeking of prosperity was for the house of God. So we are not doing this because we want to become celebrities. It's so that we can push, propagate the gospel. We can take it to where we can't take it currently. The Bible says that this fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. It's the key. It's the, it's the permission. It's the password. It's the only way if we can fear the Lord. It's not if you understand how church shall run. It's if you fear him. What does fear mean? Again, humility. If you consider yourself subjected to his power. If you understand that in my relationship, in my marriage, in my finances, in my business, in my work, in my living in a trap house. I understand that I am doing this because I am subjected to the precepts, to the utterance of God. I am not doing what I please. I'm doing what please pleases him and as a reward of his pleasure I will be prospered I will prosper in my life do you understand these things so now scripture goes back to Psalm 1 because this is where we start again when I'm speaking to you about the fear of the Lord this is where we start because God gave instruction for the blessed and I want you to hear me again. I'm saying this, it's recorded so you know that, listen, I will not come here after saying all of these things just to say what I feel I'm saying. No, I'm going to tell you what I know God has put in my heart so that you would see in time, in a short time, the men and women among you that will begin to rise. God is committed to the blessing of individuals. He is committed to the blessing of this family. God wants to bless you. I want you to actually look at your, the person next to you and say that God actually wants to bless you. But there are conditions. There are conditions. The church thought that the blessings of God is just a free release. No, there are conditions. Pastor Elohim, there are conditions for the blessings of God over your life. Now look at what scripture says in Psalm 1. The beginning of the poetry of God's love. Look at what the Bible says, verse 1. Go for it. Blessed is the one. Blessed is the one. God singles out when he's ready to bless. Blessed is the one that what? Who does not walk in step with the wicked. He's not in sync with the wicked. I know we've read this, but I need you to hear me again. They do not walk in step with the wicked. But look at what he says next. Or stand in the way that sinners take. What does that mean? We read this scripture, we recite it, but what does it mean to not stand in the way of, uh, of the sinners? You know, why would we stand in the way of a sinner actually? 
You know, standing is a, to help you to understand this, a way, a path. If you're standing on a path for somebody, it's most likely because you want to have a conversation with them. Or you, let's just say simply, you want to engage with them. So God actually says, blessed is the one who does not stand in the way that sinners take. So sinners, let's say this, sinners are walking. For you to understand this scripture and to understand why I'm taking you to King Jehoshaphat, I want you to understand this illustration. A sinner is on, the, is on a, a certain path, walking. Walking towards somewhere. Scripture says at the end of this chapter that the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So as they're walking, they may not be experiencing destruction. Their end, they do not know. The way, look, let me say it simply like this. The, as far as a man remains inconsiderate to God, meaning that they do not consider God, they do not give regards to God, they will be walking. No harm is coming their way. Sometimes they can look presently like they're prospering. But wherever they are heading to is destruction. I, I need to break this down until you hear me. Meaning, listen to me. If I choose, God forbid, to just not consider God, yeah, I'm walking towards destruction. So the, the wickedness is actually leading me to being destroyed. Now look at this. The Bible says, blessed is the one who does not stand there. Meaning that a righteous person, if not careful, can stand waiting for someone that is taking a certain path. Why? Maybe they know them. Maybe that person's a friend. Maybe that's a there's a person that they seem or currently they look at as someone that inspires them, for example. You'll understand what I'm saying in a moment. They are actually standing. It's like me saying to no, Pastor Elim's not wicked, but I'll just use an example. It's like me saying, I will wait at this place for Pastor Elihim. I'm waiting in his way. I'm knowing he's going to come past this way. So most likely, if a blessed person or if a person stands in the way of the wicked, it's because they most likely know them. It's most likely because they want to have a conversation or engage. Keep that in mind. I want us to look at the life of King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is a famous story for those that know scripture very well. This man got to a place whereby he, how can I say this? He gave a statement that is used to praise God so much. You know, if you grew up in the African church, there will be a statement when we read it, you know what I'm talking about. It became a statement that Christians just use. And I want to show you that statement because King Jehoshaphat was an actual, he, actually he was a very good king. I want you to understand the reason why I'm speaking to you about King Jehoshaphat is because scripture then went on to say that you are kings. Meaning that you are people that are meant to handle power. You're meant to be people that God wants to handle or give people to. You're going to handle people. God wants to give wealth to. You're going to handle wealth and resources. But I want us to look at King Jehoshaphat because he's a great example of what I want to show today. A great king. A righteous king. But guess what? 
the Bible tells us something. In fact, before I go there, I want you to understand because I know if I leave this, you misunderstand me, yeah? And let me say this quickly because the grace of God is the message of Christ, yeah? Are you still with me? The grace of God is the message of Christ. I, I, I feel like the Spirit wants me to say this. When I say don't stand in the way of the wicked, I'm not saying avoid them. Because clearly we see in Scripture that Jesus sat with sinners, yeah? Yes or no? But guess what? Jesus never waited in the way of sinners. Sinners waited in his way. Does that make sense? Now, I need you to make sure you hear me with that. Because if I don't finish off that statement properly, people then say what Pastor Obi is saying is avoid sinners. It's almost impossible. In fact, to do the work of God, you're going to have to come into the congregation of them. But you must understand this. That was it Zacchaeus who considered uh, um, um, in his community, he was someone that was regarded as a sinner. He did many people wrong. He taxed them. Um, he um, stole from them. But guess what? He stood in Christ's way. So, you see, a sinner that stands in Christ's way is looking for salvation. A person that's in God, that stands in a sinner's way, is looking to fall. Do you understand that? Again, Christ sat with sinners, so I'm not saying avoid them. But what I'm saying is do not stand in their way. Because you're coming into their space. You're coming into their realm. And you're trying to engage with them. So, I, I needed to clear that up before we move on. So now, King Jehoshaphat, powerful man of God, a king of Judah at the time. At this time, Judah, Israel, and all of these places were separated kingdoms. They were divided kingdoms. And King Jehoshaphat was known. In fact, go to um, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. At this point, what happened now was that, and the famous story that I want to start us off with, and I won't spend too long on this, but I want to start us off with this scripture and begin to round up. King Jehoshaphat was so powerful and was known by God. When men saw King Jehoshaphat, they knew that God was with him because of the kind of successes, the kind of the, the amount of wealth he had acquired through his life. And in this scripture, what happened was to show that God's hand was with King Jehoshaphat. One day, three different kings mobilized their forces, came together and said that they wanted to attack King Jehoshaphat and Judah. King Jehoshaphat got to a place where he then cried out to God. And surely God answered him. I want you to read from verse 12 of 2 Corinthians, um, Chronicles, verse, um, chapter 20, verse 12. Read from there. Go on. Our God, will you not judge them? So this was, look at, look at King Jehoshaphat, a powerful man. He knew how to mobilize the people to seek God. Guess what happened? Now, this is just to save you. So let me actually say this. I want you to go and read all the chapters that I'll, I'll mention to you. I want you to go and read it after. But for the sake of time and not to find us just reading, 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 I'll give you context. But in this scripture, what happens now is that Jehoshaphat has rallied up the people to seek God because there was pending trouble. Enemies had come up, mobilized themselves against him. 
And he realized that he had no power of his own to come against these people. So what did he do? The man that knew he had no power of his own, he began to cry out to God. He sought the Lord. And guess what happened? This man, please, uh, you would see in a moment, he had great forces under his control. Jehoshaphat had great forces. God had blessed him. He had great wealth. He had great power. Listen, he had great resources. He had storehouses. It was in my study this morning that I realized that it's prophetic that we have the fortress as the HQ of where David stays. But what is powerful is that scripture actually showed us that they also created storehouses. It's prophetic. I hope you will hear me. It's actually scriptural scriptural that David created fortresses and he also had storehouses where there will be the empowerment or there will be the storing of resources and military men but that's not even my point I just needed to tell you that God is doing something but what happened was that Jehoshaphat now got the whole people they sought the God and now he's publicly crying out to God in front of his people he's saying aloud his prayer and look at what he begin, begins to say. Go on, verse 12. We skipped a bit, but look at what he says. Go on. Our God, will you not judge them? Mm. For we have no power to face this. We have no power to face them. He knew that he had power, but he considered not having power. But look at what he said. Go on. We have no power yeah. to face this vast army that is attacking us. Yeah. We do not know what to do. We do not know what to do. You see that statement? This is the confession of a man of God. A man of God understands that in himself he does not know, but he is connected to a person who has wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning the moment I subject myself to God. Moses at one point was hit with the Red Sea. At that point, he did not know what to do, but he subjected himself to God by calling out to God. At that point, he didn't say, let's quickly make a boat. Or let's look for another way. Or let's turn around and fight. He did not result to his own five senses because at that moment, flesh will arise and start to figure out for you what your alternative plan will be. But Moses at that point said, I do not know what to do. So he looked to God and then God gave him wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So sometimes God leads us to a place where we now don't know what to do. But God looks if we are still in the position of fear do we still reverence him do we still regard him because at that point guess what will happen if we regard him do you know what will happen he will begin to give us a wisdom we did not know are you following me he will begin to let us know if we're subjected so if i find myself having to raise this amount of money all of a sudden according to the five senses i now know no I, I i've got to a place where i don't know what to do but if i understand that i'm subjected that i'm humble i've humbled myself i'm subjected to a precept i'm subjected to a power i'm subjected to a word guess what will happen at that point when i start to look in the word i start to find wisdom I start to find out things that other people would never have seen. And sometimes when I start to actualize, if I start to practice what the word says to me, it may seem foolish to the people that are still subject to the five, five senses. But guess what? The results of it will show that there's a God with this man. 
So look now, he says, we do not know what to do. Look at what he goes on to say. Go on. But our eyes are on you. But our eyes are on you. We look to you for help. We look to you for our deliverance. Go on. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones yeah. stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came, came on Jehaziel. As so they began to cry out. Then the spirit of the Lord found the prophet and began to speak in response. Began to give them battle strategy. So it's not that they will not have to go and engage. But he will begin to tell them how to. The problem with your life and what makes a person destroy the floor of a man is their own decision making. This is why I said to you in the beginning, because you have made, the moment you make a decision, you have declared to everything. You have declared to nature. You have declared to the superior God I'm talking about. You've declared to yourself and to everyone that you know how. But you see, what happened here was that God began to tell them how. Do you remember that David will be, David was a man known to being great in battle. But every time he was about to go into battle, he would console God. He would consult God. He would ask God, should I go this way? And God would say, no, not this way, that way. God began to give him the way, how to do it. You see what is happening, guys, is that you will grow powerful. You will grow to be very prosperous. You will have finances, wealth, great honor. But guess what? God is particular on your how. God doesn't care if you have great wealth. He cares how you got it. And that how is reserved to him. I'm speaking about the fear of the Lord on the eve of great wealth. Mark my word, mark my word, sorry. There's going to be great wealth, great resources, great minds being channeled to you and I. But God wants to teach us about how. And that's reserved in the fear of the Lord. So when PT actually started to say that we can't go to cities and say that we can't take those cities. The reason why we say we can't take those cities is because we don't know how. No, but PT showed us the scripture that the key to this treasure, the how, the way is the fear of the Lord. Is being a man, a woman that fears him. A man, a woman that does not dictate their life for themselves, but know that God is the one that dictates and directs their life. So the spirit of God came upon them. Go on and look at the first response he gave, because this is the, this is the scripture I heard growing up in church. Our parents will scream the scripture, but their God will never answer, the, answer them. Look at what the scripture said. Go on. He said, listen. King Jehoshaphat yeah. and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem yeah. this is what the Lord says to you do not be afraid or discouraged he said do not be afraid or discouraged I think another translation will say do not be dismayed now because you have sought me do not be afraid at the moment that I begin to speak there should be actually a building of courage because I am about to give you how I'm about to tell you, I'm about to share a wisdom that is going to keep you, that's going to preserve you, that is going to bless you. The God we serve is about to, he's committed to blessing us. I need you to hear this. If you hear me speaking this like a madman, I've been telling some of your brothers, there's never been a drought. Stop being the seed. There's no drought. There's wealth around us. There's resources around us. And this is why you can have people that are able to raise so much, uh, raise whatever, in a moment of a day, in a moment of a few minutes, they're able to because all of a sudden their mind is starting to believe what God is saying. 
He says, do not be discouraged. Go on. Or af- do not be afraid or discouraged because yeah. of this vast army. Yeah. For the battle is not yours. You remember this scripture? For the battle is not yours, yeah? But God's. But it's God's, yeah? Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, so let's stop there. Now, this is where I want to start speaking to you from the fear of the Lord, because I need you to pay attention to this. Of course, like we expect religion and Christians to do, they take the beautiful part of Scripture. And most of the times, they try to administer the Lord to their, to their situations without considering, considering his conditions. What do I mean by this? We speak out of context. How many times have we quoted a Scripture, but we fail to look at the context of that Scripture? So you see, when we speak out of context, we, mix, we miss God's conditions. We miss what God had to say because, you see, what I actually, why I started with chapter 20 is because I actually wanted to take you to chapter 17. What, do I wanted to show, what did I want to show you with this? The, the, the failure of man, the flaw of man to only take in what, the good of God and taking it out of context. What did we take out of context? We have heard this scripture that the battle is not yours but it's of the Lord's. And quickly we have seen this as a good thing. And indeed it is, but there's more to this story. Can I take you into the story a bit? There's more to this story because guess what? Even though, as per the word of the Lord, even though the Lord actually delivered them, God delivered King Jehoshaphat and the whole kingdom of Judah in such a powerful way that the scripture, if you carry on reading, the Bible says that when they got to a place where they can see the whole of the desert, all they found was dead bodies. Three kingdoms raised up or raised up against, arose up, sorry, against Judah. Judah was outnumbered greatly. But by the time they got there, the Bible lets us know that God set confusion amongst them and they began to kill them. And the Bible actually stated that not one of them escaped. Three kingdoms against one. And all those three kingdoms, because the Lord said it's not their battle to fight, it's his. He said, don't worry. He says, I've got this because you called on me. Do you know that you will save yourself financially a lot more if you learn how to seek God better? If you sought the Lord just a bit more. If you ask God more questions, because the issue with all of this is we may not have a day. Today, we may not have access to an oracle, but the word of God is our oracle. Every time we come into the nation family, that's our oracle. Where God begins to speak in response to what we asked him. No, are you listening to me? Are you still on with me? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? You see, now that you're getting into business, business is growing, it's booming. These kind of things are happening. You're growing and all of these other things. Guess what? The tendencies of your flesh, the five senses, what will happen is that it will pull you away from seeking God. But what was God's issue with mankind? That they went to go and seek Baal rather than seeking him. You know, every day that you look at your phone before you look at God, it's you seeking another God. Because that God gives you pleasure. 
That phone gives you pleasure. That money in the bank that makes you secured gives you pleasure. You form gods because remember, there's no God beside God. But guess what? The Bible also makes God recognize that the things that men offer their worship to, your social media, your image, your finances, your savings, you can make it a God. Mammon was never a God. Mammon was a servant. But men made mammon a God. Idols. So what am I trying to show you here? The context of this scripture was that this was actually a failure on King Jehoshaphat's part. Which I'm going to show you in a moment. God responded to King Jehoshaphat. But guess what? There was a blessing that was on that king. That wasn't at work here. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. Read from verse 1 for me. Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king and strengthened himself against Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim. Please pay attention so you understand my whole reason to speak in the word to you this afternoon. Please read it slowly. Read it at good pace, but clearly, please. Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king and strengthened himself against Israel. Okay, carry on reading. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the ways of his father David before him. First point I want you to take note of. The Lord was with this king because he followed. Did you hear that? He was subject. He was subjected to something. Look, kings rose up and kings, the the appointment of a new king was already in their bloodline. Meaning that we have seen kings who chose not to follow because they were naturally kings. The Bible says you are kings and priests. So there are kings in the Bible. So I began to ask myself, why do we need the story of kings so much? But God needed to show us the different attitudes of different kings. David was a king and became a king out of his followership of Jesse. David was so much of a follower that he dared not touch Saul. So David was made by his followership. David was a type of king that was made by following. Which, I, you remember when I took you to Psalm 111, I told you that the um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow these precepts will have good understanding. So followership was what made David. Followership was what was going to make King Jehoshaphat. But why I said I'm speaking to you is because, again, Scripture said that we are all kings. But guess what? There will be some who already knows that there's a part of them that is entitled to greatness, but they will not allow themselves to be made through followership. I've told certain people, I had to, no, no, let me know even, I, I said I won't even address it. Fight in, you can fight in your houses if you want. That's your own. Do you understand? We will see the results of your own life. But the Bible says, now this man followed the ways of his father. Go on. He followed the ways of his father David before him. He did not consult the bows, but sought the God of his father. Next and- point. Did you see that? What was his main thing that he followed? 
he learned how to seek God. He followed his father, David. He followed his father, David. He did not seek the counsel of foreign gods, but he sought the Lord. For this reason, the Lord was with him. I'm speaking to you about the fear of the Lord and the effect of it. The Bible says that he sought the Lord and did not seek. So why do some kings, why do some Christians never amount to being the example that God needs them to be? They couldn't follow. They sought after the things that their heart, because remember, Baal was not a God that could speak. I need you to understand me, please. Baal was not a God that could speak saying, come and seek my counsel. He could not speak. No. So if men sought Baal, it was out of their own leading. The media, your phone does not tell you, look at me. Your own heart looks for it. And then you sought your own counsel from what you learned from it. This is mute, but speaks because of you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You look at a life. How many times do we speak of people on the ends? who has never spoken to you, but your own flesh. Make them a God to yourself so you seek their counsel. So someone begins to speak a certain way through drill and all of a sudden a people will start to, um, to imitate what that person who is mute to them but speaks because they gave them attention. They begin to imitate what they're saying. They begin to carry out the practices the character of that person. So Baal was not able to speak. It was a mute God. It had no power, but men gave it power. But God said that for King Jehoshaphat, he followed as David did. He sought the Lord. Even though he was good in battle, he sought the Lord. So even as I begin to build a business, and even if my mind begins to grow in capacity, I grow in knowledge of that business, guess what? If I am going to remain like David, an example, I am going to be a man that constantly seeks God. I'm a man that constantly asks God, with my giving, what am I doing? This finance has come into my hand. What am I doing? Guess what? The world tells you, you worked for that money. So it tells you where to put it. But you must begin to seek God and ask God, God, what was your, what was your reason for even allowing me to have this? Because the fear of the Lord is humility. The fear of the Lord is that I understand that I'm subjected to somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So look, King Jehoshaphat, took up this practice and look at what scripture said because I told you that chapter 20 was what the world or what the church world saw as a reason to celebrate but guess what it was actually a flaw of King Jehoshaphat and we're going to see it now go on but sought the God of his father and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. Yeah, now look at what happened. Go on. The Lord established the kingdom under his control. Because he was a seeker the Bible, the Bible says that the Lord established his kingdom, established his throne. Go on. And all Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat so that he had great wealth and honor. Because he was a seeker, men would give to him. Oh God, I hope you will hear me today. Why do I keep saying I hope you will hear me? So that you will know I'm not speaking about King Jehoshaphat. I'm speaking about you and I. This is only God revealing ways of how he wants to raise us. 
This is what the world has chosen to ignore because they consider it foolishness because it beats the mind of the five senses. Someone will say, why does this relate to me? But if you're in the five senses, you'll be thinking I'm talking about King Jehoshaphat. If you're in the seven, you will understand that this is speaking about you. That God is going to raise men under you that will give to you if you fear, if you follow. Now look at what scripture carried on to say. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the astral poles from Judah. In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials, Ben-Hel, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel. Please begin to underline this. Follow this. Please go on. So after God had blessed him, the people of Judah came and started to give him gifts. And he grew in wealth and all of these things. The Bible says, as a response, he began to do something. Go go on, I'll say in a moment. Go on. In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials, Ben-Hel, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, and Micaiah. Do you recognize these names at all? These were men of God. These were preachers, prophets. These were priests. Do you know what King Jehoshaphat did? Because he followed, which is a statement of fear. God blessed him. With that blessing, what did he do? He empowered those who had the word. He empowered those who had the word so that the word can be spoken across the whole region of Judah. To make sure that there wasn't a place in his vicinity that was void of God's word there will not be a day that a man can say there's not a word I can hear he empowered so that the word he propagated the the gospel he spoke the word he spoke by empowering those who speak we're going somewhere read it for me go on and Micaiah to teach in the towns of Judah did you hear that to teach so when he received so I've told people if finance comes If you're paying attention to the spirit, you will know that it comes because there's a work that you need to support. Why do I know that there's great wealth coming to us? Are you guys still on with me? I know I'm speaking to those here, but are you still on with me? I know that there's great wealth coming simply because the gospel now needs to go to Africa. The man of the word, Pastor Toby, needs to go. So we need to support him. I know we, there's a lot of wealth, not because we're the best businessmen but look wealth will come your way because gospel now needs to go to Europe through COD so we need to propagate we need to push forward those who can teach those who have the word so look at what happens as a result of this go on with them were certain Levites Shemaiah, Nephaniah, Zebediah, yeah. Asahel, Shemramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tob Adonijah. You did very well the names. I wasn't going to read that, but go on. And the priests Elishama and Jehoram. They taught throughout Judah, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. They went around to all the towns of Judah and taught the people. Yeah. The fear of the Lord fell on all the Underline this verse, verse 10. As a result of teaching, the word to his people as a result of empowering 
the word. Making room for the word. Guess what happened? Read verse 10. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah. Did you hear that? The Bible says because the word grew in COD, the fear of the Lord fell upon everyone around COD. God sent, God, no, no, King Jehoshaphat, because he was devoted through his heart, sent teachers of the word to Judah. What began to happen? The teaching of the word began to influence the people. It started to influence their way of thinking. It started to influence their actions. That everything they did was becoming influenced by the words that was teaching them. So as I keep speaking away, if I keep saying there has to be unity, I've said that, look, there's certain things that crosses the line. When a brother begins to look at another brother and is able to raise his hand and fight, that's it. Because I've told you the biggest thing for us as a family is unity. I told you that that disturbs the oil. If we break unity, if we allow division, it stops the flow of the oil. And the oil is what makes us. I am not leading you here because I did a whole training on leadership. It's oil. We're not alive because there was not a, we was away from COVID. It was oil that preserved us. So when two sisters can look at each other and begin to fight, what do you have to do? You push out everything that is an instrument of division. Push it out. Did you hear what I've just said to you? You know why I keep repeating this? Because I can tell when you've missed something I've said. You know I took you to Psalm 1 that says you are not in sync with the step of the wicked. You are not standing in this way of the wicked. You are not standing there. But look, so anyone that is an instrument of division and they are prolific in it. They are not repentant in it. They carry on and there, there seems to be no spirit in them that makes them know, no, I've wronged. I've done something wrong and quickly look to the restitution of that matter. Push them away. Did you hear? That's an instruction, COD. Anyone that is an instrument of division, you push them away. So the Bible actually says here, he pushed out those who can teach. And what began to happen in Judah, men began to become influenced by the word. They started to live according to the word. So by the time a pastor Obi might have to be somewhere else, those who are leading in place will know that unity is key to us here because I've constantly taught it. So unity will now become a practice because there was first a teaching of it. No, I need you to hear what I've just said. Teaching is what precedes, is what comes before the living of it. So if I begin to teach prosperity, it's because in a moment, there's some people that's going to live out prosperity because prosperity is not going to come out from outside of you. It's going to come out from within you. So if I keep saying, Elohim, look, you may be playing the keys right now, but keep hearing the things I'm saying. Naturally, his body the man in him will start to carve out a way of prosperity. 
it will almost seem like it came out of nowhere and the reason why it would seem like it came out of nowhere was because it was within him not outside of him so what does the world do wrongly they judge people based on the outward appearance they think that their wealth is going to come out from they, they think that a person is going to be wealthy because of how things look around them now no it's all a work inside so guess what when the fear of the Lord grew because of the teaching of the word in Judah, as a response from this, guess what happened? The neighboring towns and villages and cities, the fear of the Lord fell on them. Now, this is where I'm taking you. Look at what the result of the fear of the Lord falling on the neighboring cities. Read verse 10 again. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding, surrounding Judah, Judah yeah. so that they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. The result of the fear of the Lord falling on the neighboring cities was that they were able to look at Judah. They didn't see them praying. This is why I want you to understand what I'm saying. They didn't see them praying. They saw the way they prospered. Have I confused you? God doesn't tell us to go to a neighbor. God doesn't tell us to go into the world and start praying. He tells you go amongst the world and multiply five bread, five loaves and two fishes. In other words, show us how you prosper. Show us how you increased in numbers. Do the things that we can't explain and we will know that there's a God with you. We will know that there's something beyond human with you because God needs you, Paris, needs you, Christiana, to become reference points to him. So what happened is that they didn't see their prayers. How do I know that? Because they prayed in the temple. Another city cannot see your temple worship. No, they saw them growing. I knew that God was with them. So the Bible says, the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they did not make war with Jehoshaphat. So do you know what that means? They knew that they can't come against him because this, they, they actually said to themselves, God is with these people. You know, I, I, you don't, let me make this practical. There are people that I could not speak to when I was in the world. I came to God, was exposed to his teachings. I grew in the fear of the Lord. Then all of a sudden, the people that men fear give me reverence. Why? Because I fear God. So if you fear God, guess what? Over time, people will begin to reverence you. People will begin to consider you, regard you. Are you listening to me, COD? People will begin to look at you and see, look, so you would have grown in power. You would have grown in wealth. You would have grown in honor. But people will see that there, there's something about you. You know, with everything, let me give you an example. Pastor Toby, look at the amount of people that's been chatting rubbish about Pastor Toby. Yeah? Has Pastor Toby, in, as a response to that, has Pastor Toby hid himself from the city of London? He goes to places, even repeats the places he goes to. Meaning that 
if you're looking at, for example, YouTube, and you see all the people talking against, you would have thought that these people, if they see Pastor Toby, they'll do something. But guess what? This is a man that fears the Lord. So when people see him, they reverence him. Do you understand this practically? They, in other words, they will not dare come against him because even if they have something to say, they fear that there's something about him. I'm just going to have to trust that you understand what I'm saying. Carry on reading. Go on. Some Philistines brought Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat gifts and silver. As a result, those that were not even his people, those who are actually enemies, now started to give gifts. So what I want to say to you because, and please give me the time that I have to say this to you because I am, listen, I can bet you anything. God's about to increase you. But what God is telling me to say to you, and this is a word that you're going to have to make up your own mind to go back and listen and listen until you've really caught what I'm saying. Do you know why? Because I'm showing you the steps towards remaining a person that is ever prospering. Not someone who prospers then go down. The Bible told us earlier that because he feared, because Jehoshaphat feared, Judah gave him. Now, because he extended the word to his people, Philistines, enemies, outsiders, foreigners came and gave. As they started giving, what does scripture say to us? Go on. As tribute, and the arrows brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful. Yeah. He built forts and store cities in Judah. He bought forts and store cities. Other translations will say storehouses. He built this. Get, go on. And had large supplies in the towns of Judah. And had large supplies. So guess what? God actually told, told me that, look, you will become storehouses. Let me explain that. We have thought that God doesn't want us having. Yeah? God will bless you, bless us, and we'll meet every need we have to meet. But there will be an abundance. There will be the needs to feed 5,000 and you will feed 5,000 but you will have basket full of remainder. I hope you hear what I'm saying. A lot of the things I'm saying to you are very prophetic. Carry on reading, go on. He also kept experienced fighting men in Jerusalem. Yeah. Their enrollment by families was as follows. Now, let me actually tell you what my whole point with this verse is. God bestowed a great blessing on King Jehoshaphat. What was the blessing? Verse 10. The, ble the blessing was that the fear of the Lord will come upon the surrounding people. So much so that they will not dare come up against him. So the problem I want to show you here is how did King Jehoshaphat, who the blessing made people afraid of him, so much so that they will not go to war with him. How did we get to a chapter 20 where now he had to cry to God for deliverance because people were willing to fight him now? So he lost the fear of the Lord. Do you know how? Chapter 17 tells us the blessing. The blessing was that he followed. He empowered the word being spoken. And as a result of that, what happened? 
the fear of the Lord fell upon neighboring cities. Chapter 18 tells us where he fell. Read verse 1 of chapter 18. Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor. Look at that. I told you that what God now wants to do is test us with the great wealth. So guess what? When there's an increase, do you remember when Pastor Toby showed us the scripture that when the sons of God, in the days of the sons of God, when the human beings began to increase in the earth, the Bible lets us know that the sons of God went into any women that they pleased. The sons of God, what makes you a, sons of God, a son of God is that you are led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. But guess what? It came to a place because of increase that those who were formerly sons being led started to lead. I told people that the way to lead is not by leading, it's by being led. So people will hear me constantly, check every word. People will see that I will show the world my fear. When Jacob will say the fear of Isaac, or Isaac, whoever was saying it, the Pharaoh's Isaac. I will let the world know my fear because I know that's the key to my leading. People get caught up with the title leading and start trying to lead and that's why they fall. So the world, what happened was when the world began to increase. So increase is what usually makes sons of God stop being led and start trying to lead. And that's where they fell. Now look at what the Bible says. Now the scripture started off with the king Jehoshaphat. And what does it say? It first tells us his, the things that he's amounted. Read from verse 1 for me. Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor. He had great wealth and honor. Yeah? And he allied himself with Ahab by marriage. This is the problem. I'll wait for you to let me know you're following me. Because I need you to hear this. So I can begin to tie up everything now. I need you to hear this. King Jehoshaphat, because of his fear of God, greatly increased in people, in soldiers, in resources. So much so that his enemies started to give him gifts as tribute. They honored him so much that his enemies brought in other words, they wanted to maintain peace. Now, chapter 18 tells us where he failed. I read to you Psalm 1. Psalm 1 said, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the ways that sinners take. Where the king Jehoshaphat fell, he stood in the way that sinners take. Read verse 1 properly, and his name is Ahab. Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor, yeah. and he allied himself with Ahab by how, marriage. How did he fail? He allied himself with Ahab. Do you remember Ahab? Ahab was the king whose wife was Jezebel. He was a notable sinner. He was an unrepented sinner. He killed prophets. He, he sought after the life of God, God's messengers. He raised up altars. He blatantly said he was at war with God. And because of increase in the life of King Jehoshaphat, 
He allied himself through marriage. He made himself family. You know when I said to you that if someone is divided, if someone goes against the word, because when I'm saying unity, it's not because I like everyone holding hands. It's because scripture shows me that God takes pleasure when brothers stay together. So when I said when you see people who are instrument of division amongst you that you should push them away, it's because if you don't, you know when you push people away, it's so that like Paul said, Satan will do his work, but hopefully they will be redeemed. So when, when I say get rid of these two people, if God is with them, if they are people looking for God, guess what? They will realize what they've done. They will depart that way. They will depart from that way and come and seek rep um, repentance with God. Not with me, with God. Now look at what happened. The Bible lets us know. So when I say get rid of them, what made King Jehoshaphat fail? Instead of being away from those who are away from God, he allied himself with them. He stood in the way. Read, Carry on reading for me. Some years later, he went down to see Ahab in Samaria. The second mistake. Ahab did not come. You know, I made a comment saying that Jesus did not stand in the way of sinners. Sinners stood in the way of him. It would have been a totally different conversation if Ahab came to Jehoshaphat in Judah. That would have been a sinner coming into the way of the righteous. That would have been that he's looking for restitution. But Jehoshaphat, being too much of a good guy, I don't believe that Jehoshaphat blatantly sinned against God. But he made friendship with who God had enmity with. Do you understand this? He went into his territory. The Bible says he went down. You know, I, I actually told Fortress when I spoke to them or whatever day at the Fortress, I said to them, go and listen to the word, separating your walk from the work. And do you know what was interesting about that? You would see that in that scripture or in that word, what they had, what Peter emphasized on was when a man was going to um, fall, when, when, um, Abraham or Abraham, when he was falling or when he was about to enter the territory of compromise, do you know what he did? The Bible was clear to emphasize that he went down to Egypt. What does the Bible say here? Go on. Some years later, he went down to see Ahab. So scripture was telling us that Jehoshaphat was on his way down because he allied himself through marriage with who God had rejected. Why did I have to say this to you today? Because as you increase, there will be some people that you need to have. You must not grow so big that you no longer are led by God. You cannot allow increase to just make you feel like you just make friendship or you make alliances with just anybody. Because what usually makes, have you ever heard this? That there's most people that started off good but ended up bad. When did they end up bad? In their period of growth, as they grew, they met people. Then they lost their former ways. Do you remember scripture? When Christ would say that you've forgotten your first love, he had to emphasize that it was first. So usually people start off well, but fall off as they grow. God is speaking to us now because right now you may not see it, but the way of God is that he speaks before it happens.
As you grow, there will be people that God says, no, I am not with them. And the only way that you can have conversation with them is if I bring them to you. God had no issue with King Jehoshaphat taking reward or taking tribute or taking gifts from Philistines, even though Philistines were an enemy camp. Why? Because they came to him. But God will reject the friendship of King Jehoshaphat and King Ahab because for that to even be formulated, King Ahab had to go. I mean, King Jehoshaphat had to go to King Ahab. He stood in the way of the sinners. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Keep reading. What happened? Ahab slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him and urged him to attack Ramoth Gilead. Yeah. Ahab, king of Israel, asked Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied, I am as you are and my people as your people. Look at what happened. So why does God not want us to take the way of the sinner? Again, the illustration of the way of the sinner is you standing on a path waiting for someone for you to engage with. King Jehoshaphat came to Ahab and he created an engagement by alliance by giving his son in marriage to the daughter of King Ahab. But guess what? The issue here is, again, God does not want us just doing things for ourselves because we're subjected to him. Now, what I want you to take close attention to, you're going to go to chapter 19, verse 2 for me. No, no, in fact, before you go there, carry on reading where you were. I am as you are, and my people as your people. Here's the problem. You see when you keep the alliances with the wrong people. So, I looked at someone the other day, and I was like, whenever we engage with this person, something wrong happens. And I'm not saying anything, but something wrong happens. Maybe we need to consult. You know, because I, I, I had to learn a lesson. Just because you have doesn't mean you just do. You have to ask God. So I looked at this and every time you connect with this person, something wrong happens. Now God used that to teach me something. Then I realized something. Here's the problem. King Jehoshaphat is a good guy. So... King Ahab enticed him by giving him slaughtering sheep for King Jehoshaphat. And look at what happens. King Jehoshaphat did not know that in heaven, God was setting up the demise of King Ahab. Have you, in case, just because of time, I can't take you into the story. In heaven, God was on his throne with angels to, oh God, with angels to his right and to his left. And he was saying, who would deceive King Ahab to his death? King Jehoshaphat didn't know this. So he made alliance with someone that God was getting ready to get rid of. Because he was powerful. And look at what happened. Please, I hope you're still hearing me. Look what happened. The Bible lets us know that God's a, a spirit came before the Lord. And said that I will entice Ahab. I would tell him that you have given him victory and he can go to war. But the real truth of that situation was that that war was going to be the death of Ahab. The death of the wicked king. The king that does not, the king that does not consider the Lord. 
in fact, let's read a bit. You're going to run through this so that you can hear. I need us to get certain things. Run through it. Go on. I am as you are, and my people as your people. Yeah. We will join you in the war. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 men, and asked them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or, or shall I not? Yeah. Go, they answered, for God will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of the Lord where he, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? Look at this. As I begin to round up now, look at this. So King Jehoshaphat came into the territory of King Ahab. When he came, King Ahab was getting ready to go into war. In heaven. God has ready put out a plan to get rid of King Ahab because he's wicked. King Ahab, remember what I said wickedness is from Psalm 1. A man that does not consider the Lord. So look at what King Jehoshaphat had to say. King, um, King Ahab asked King Jehoshaphat to join him in this war. Because King Jehoshaphat formulated a relationship that God was not in. He got into a battle that he should not have got into. When he got into the battle that he should not have got into, King Jehoshaphat, who considers the Lord, remembered that he must consider the Lord. So he said, okay, is there any prophet that we can inquire of the Lord through? King Jehoshaphat had to ask. Should he not have asked, King Ahab would never have called a prophet to ask what God has to say about his war. This was the reason why the Bible says the wicked's way leads to their destruction. Are you understanding everything now? The wicked's way, because they don't consider the Lord, they go into a battle and they, they go into certain things in life. They engage in certain things in life which they didn't know was going to destroy them. The wicked cannot stop their destruction because they don't, you see, the fact that they don't consider the Lord is the very reason why they cannot stop their way from entering destruction. Now, King Jehoshaphat knew that he must inquire of the Lord. So much so that King Ahab brought 400 men. They all prophesied and King Jehoshaphat still said, is there no one? Is there no prophet? Read that verse when he said, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here? King Jehoshaphat just heard 400 men who were proclaimed as prophets saying that go to war. You will have victory. But King Jehoshaphat who had a heart for God because the Bible said he was devoted, had a heart for God, knew that these men are not speaking what God is saying. So even after 400 men speaking, he said, is there not a prophet here? Then King Ahab said, okay, there's one. Go on. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, there is still one prophet from whom we can inquire of the Lord. Yeah. But I hate him. I hate him. Oh God, I hope you understand. A prophet is a message. So he, you see, King Ahab was leading to his destruction because he hated 
what God had to say. Did I not say earlier to you that sometimes the leading of God may not be what is pleasing to your five senses, but you will know that you are a son if you, are, if you allow yourself to yield to it. Jesus Christ would not have loved the idea of dying, but he knew that it was the leading of the Lord, so he yielded to it. But King Ahab told us everything as to why God was justified for, him to, for destroying him. Why? Because he hated God's counsel. He hated what God had to say. He would not repent at what God had to say. When God was speaking, he would not change. He had a made up mind. He had grown to being a king. He had his own wealth. He had his own territory. He had his own successes. And because of that, he would not be led by nobody. So he hated God's counsel. Now look at what scripture says. Go on. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. He, it's all about him. He became so much of a king that it was all about him. So this is why I said, I don't want to become so much of a pastor that it's all about me. I must be led. I don't want to become so much of a businessman that it becomes all about me. I must be led because I'm meant to be a reference point to God, not to myself. So look at this. Jehoshaphat could not see all of these signs because he had formed a wrong relationship. Because he was increasing. He had formed the wrong relationship. Go on. He never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imla. The king should not say such a thing. Jehoshaphat. I hope you know that this was one of the men, yeah, that taught Judah. I told you to take note of the men. This was one of the men that King Jehoshaphat sent out to, king, to teach Judah. The book of the law, the law of the law. Now look at what happens. Go on. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imla, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gates of Samaria mm. with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says. With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. These were still prophets lying. Go on. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Yeah. Attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Yeah. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the other prophets, without exception, are predicting success for the king. Yeah. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Now, just for time's sake, because I want to start rounding up. What came out of this was that the officer tried to lie, tried to convince the prophet to say what everyone else is saying for your own safety. The prophet said, as long as the Lord lives, I cannot say what God, I can only say what God has told me to say. Upon arrival of this prophet, the prophet first said exactly what all the other prophets were saying. From then, the, the king knew he was lying. And at that response, he said that, look, you're going to die. In other words, you're going to die. The king, as expected, refused it. The shame I want you to pay attention to here was that King Jehoshaphat should have seen all of these signs 
as a wrong relationship because now remember the blessing over King Jehoshaphat I don't want you to forget was that the fear of the Lord was upon all the cities surrounding Judah so that he did not even need to go to war because King Jehoshaphat increased he started to make decisions for himself and now found himself in his first battle because he led himself there the battle that he led himself into because of increase. Everything I'm teaching you is about the fear of the Lord when we increase. Now and when we increase. Because if we don't have the fear of the Lord when we increase, we'll fall into the way of destruction. The Bible now says to us that King Jehoshaphat got to a place where he was not the blessing that God bestowed upon his life. Was that nobody would come up against him. But because he led his own way, guess what? Found himself in a battle. The most terrible thing was this. King Ahab, in an attempt to hide himself, got into battle with King Jehoshaphat, told King Je Jehoshaphat, stay in your royal robes. I will disguise myself. So King Ahab conniving, knowing that what the prophet said may be true, tried to transfer his death to King Jehoshaphat. And the Bible lets us know that in the battle, there was an instruction given by the Arameans, I believe, or the opposite um, enemies. The enemies, the, war, the instruction from their king to the army was this specifically. Don't fight anybody. Just pursue the king. Now, guess what? When they got in the battlefield, the only king they could see was the one dressed in royal robes. They didn't know that Jehoshaphat was joining. So they began to pursue King Jehoshaphat as if he was Ahab. It was because King Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord that the Bible says that God caused them to turn their way. And the Bible says that an arrow was shot randomly and hit King Ahab, God's judgment. What am I trying to show you here? Chapter 19, verse 2. Jehu the seer, the son of Hanani, went out no, to... No, no, read from verse 1 actually, it's important. When Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, returned safely to returned his... Returned safely. So look, he, made, he, he realized what he got himself to. God delivered him, but now he's returned safely. He's gone back to his own territory. And when he got there, it was only then that God decided to speak to him. You see, when you find yourself outside of where you should be, God won't speak to you. It's only when he went back to his territory that God spoke to him. And when God spoke to him, when, when he got back to his territory and God spoke to him, what did he say? The Jehu the seer. Go on. The son of Hanani went out to meet him and said to the king, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? This was the problem. Should you hate the wicked? Should you be in step with the wicked and be with those who hate the Lord? Go on. Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. And then he says, oh, but there's still good in you because you've pulled down certain things. What is God saying here? God says that you see the blessing I gave you where you should have experienced peace and prosperity. I've taken it away from you. From here on after, Jehoshaphat will have to cry out to God for his deliverance when he should not even be in battle. Why did all of this happen? Because he was not able to keep up the fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? Humility. Understanding that irrespective of my position or what I have, I am subject to somebody. 
And the best way of showing that I'm subject to somebody is constantly consulting him. What makes me subject to a pastor Toby is in my decision making, I consult him first. What What made God angry? The fact that people will consult other idols. He, many times through his prophets, he'll begin to say, was not there a God in Israel? Was there not someone that you should have consulted? Did you not consider or regard me? So what is God doing with us? God wants to increase us. God wants to bring us into great wealth and prosperity. But what he needs us to understand, you see the fear of the Lord, it's the key to treasure. What God is going to begin to do with you and I, and this is where I round that, what God is going to do with you and I is he's going to bless us. He's going to empower us. But what we must keep up is our fear for him. So my increase does not allow me to just go anywhere because you see, if I don't fear him, I'll make decisions that will make me in sync with the wicked and I may just, not I, but you understand what, we may just face the same destruction of the ones that God is trying to destroy. Malachi 3 verse 16. Let's end it there. Why do we therefore speak the way we speak now? Why is God calling us in the middle of the day where we could be doing any other thing and we're here just speaking the word of God? Remember that the fear of the Lord developed because they were speaking to one another. Malachi 3 verse 16. What does it say? Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. Then those who feared the Lord, that's you and I. What did we do? We spoke with one another. And what happened when that happened? Go on. And the Lord listened and heard. As I'm speaking to you, and as you're speaking to me, as you're paying attention, guess what's happening? God's hearing it. And what is he doing? A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence. Read it again. Go back. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. The Lord listened and heard. Then what happened? A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. Look at this. The moment me and you are speaking, there's a book opened and God. That what is being written before God are our names. Do you know why they're being written? Carry on reading. Go on. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. God wants to make you and I his treasure. And what God wants to do, he wants to create a distinction between the wicked and those who fear him. So, when we speak like this, guys, remember that it's the foolishness of preaching. It's by this that we advance. Now, as we're speaking, it's being written of us. We are considered as those who fear the Lord, those who regard Him. What God will do is that He will preserve us as His treasure for the day He chooses to act. The day that God chooses to act, check throughout history, not only the Bible, check throughout history. There's usually a great calamity. That's why they call it the great and terrible day. There's usually a great calamity that hits a nation. But guess what? As that great calamity happens, there are people that rise up as saviors. And these are the people that go down in history as great men. Well, God is, when God's ready to act, he destroys the world to raise up a man, to raise up a family. That's his way of distinguishing between them. 
So I ask you, or I charge the COD family to fear the Lord. Remain men and women that seek God. We must never, if business increases in our hands, word must increase. The desire to look for this word, the desire to delight in it must increase. If not, guys, you can be like the King Jehoshaphat who makes innocent decisions that could have seen his downfall. On that note, I'll end today. I want you to go back and listen to this word. I've spent um, close to two hours speaking to you. But I need you to take these words carefully, closely, pay attention to it. For without which, if we don't pay atten attention to these words, what will happen is that increase will happen and we would be ignorant of the patterns that scripture has been showing us. That increase is usually what made Solomon and the greats for. We start off rightly. Most people start off rightly, but they don't end the way they should simply because they were not able to keep up their fear. Fear the Lord, COD. On that note, I want us to end. Um, I wish I had Beryl today. It was her, but I didn't tell her. I needed Beryl today, but she's not here, so it's fine. We'll end today, but I want you to go back and consider your ways. Consider it. 